Welcome to Grounds for Discussion, a book club podcast for the average Joe. Welcome to Grounds for Discussion. I'm Becky. And I'm Laura. And we are back for another season, which kind of is our third year. Yeah, sort of. (laughs) We're starting a new season, okay? So last season we talked about classics, um, and this season we're going to do a mixture of just books that we love and also... Try and do some interviews with people, too, some people who have written some books. So we're excited about this season. Yeah. We're glad that you guys can join us, um, and hopefully we'll be able to have some good discussions along the way. So um, for those of you that have been with us for quite a while, thank you. But also, this might sound like a familiar title to you, because although we have not done it on the podcast we were going to do it last season. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, we just, you know, didn't get to it. So we decided we would start this season off with um, Flowers for Algernon by Daniel Keyes. So that yep. is the book that we're going to be discussing today. And Laura, uh, uh, I have to ask if you have any coffee with you for our discussion. Of course. Of course. Okay. What I, you I got? literally what you got, girl? can't do i mean i i literally can't i mean i i know literally is overused but seriously how, but how would i have a podcast without <laughs> coffee how is that even possible well especially a grounds um, for discussion I mean, yeah i mean come on you have so to discuss yes over the grounds exactly <laughs> so yes i do have and i feel i felt like it's you know we're starting a new year here and yeah. um so i felt like that's an excuse to go make starbucks right oh yeah <laughs> any excuse baby <laughs> i mean you know you know i drink way too much starbucks around the christmas season so now yes. i have a bunch of points that i can use for a free one <laughs> nice so, all right favorite yeah. um yeah. Holiday cuppa. Ooh. From oh boy. Um you know, I actually did not have their holiday blend this year, but a lot of times I really like the holiday blend. Yes. Um, and I also really love the um oh gosh, I can't think of the name right now. Um, Is that Starbucks? Yeah. What was I getting? Oh, I remember. Um I got the um sugar cookie. Latte oh, with, oat, okay. with oat milk quite a bit nice. this year. Okay. That one was really, I, you know, I think I don't, I don't think I'd tried that one in past years. So okay. this year I was like, well, I'll give that one a try. And I really enjoyed it. So it was good. Have you switched gears for the new year? Do you um, have a different yeah, flavor? Yeah. To, well, today I went a different route because okay. um, they don't have that anymore at my Starbucks because yeah. it's like they use it until it's gone, you know. I know. Yeah. And then they just don't ship anymore. So yeah. um so today I got a toasted vanilla shaken espresso with mm. oat milk. And I have to say I'm okay with it. It's not my okay. favorite thing I've ever had. Okay. Only because I feel like I'm not quite sure what you mean by toasted vanilla, so I was intrigued by that. Yeah. But now that I've had it, I'm like, maybe vanilla doesn't work to toast. Oh, is it burnt? It's it's got a little bit of a bitter flavor to it, which, Mm. I mean, overall, I still like it, but it's just not my favorite. Yeah. But, I I mean, I still, 
I, 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 I'm still going to drink it. It's still good. It's just right. not my favorite flavor. It's well, got a little you have something some more, to it. Uh, points to use. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> every time you get one, you get more yeah, points. That's so, true. That's true. You know. Really but, need yeah. to get on that Starbucks card, huh? Well, yeah, the card and then also the app because the app makes it super oh. easy to just like order to order and, like use and like use yeah. your points or whatever you got yeah. you know yeah yeah and so um so the app makes it nice and easy and you can do either like your credit card or if you have a starbucks okay. card you get double points so oh. a credit card you get one point per dollar but a starbucks mm-hmm. card you get two points per dollar okay so and how many points do you need for a free drink it's usually going to be somewhere in the one hundred and fifty range. So I mean, okay. it's st- you still spend quite a bit. You got to You got really, yeah. But Does you it can work also if you do use gift cards. Yes, you can. You okay. can load them onto your app. So yeah, okay. so it totally works. And then you can also get like not everything is just the drinks. You can get like you can get like little add-ons. Like if you say you don't drink milk and you only do like almond milk or whatever, oh. that's like twenty-five points or something. Like it's not really? like you can do little add-ons as well. It's not just wow. a whole drink or nothing. So okay, yeah, there's all different levels. So nice. yeah. Okay. I feel like I just advertise so, for Starbucks on here all the yeah, time. They and really, really yes. <laughs> I mean, I know, you know, I love Starbucks, but it's not like, I mean, if we had like a little coffee shop, that little independent yes. one or whatever, I would totally mm-hmm. go there because I always prefer wow. that stuff. I but, always say that because I love the ambiance. However, yes. I feel and like their coffee just isn't as good. Well, sometimes that's true, but sometimes yeah. I think they're really like I've had I've had some small coffee shops where I've lived where I was like, this is really good. Like you guys are doing a really? great job. So mm-hmm. it just depends, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and now that we're in a bigger area, when we lived in like when we lived in Mandarin, there were some really nice little coffee shops around, you yeah. know. So mm-hmm. it just depends. But yeah, yeah. I hear you. Well, I um. I have officially switched from the peppermint season. Yes. To I don't know if it's this official season, but um, I I've switched to coconut. Ooh, nice! Gotta love coconut. Coconut flavored coffee. And um, how? And so, and you have a new addition to your coffee yes, family. To my family. Your yeah. coffee family. Yes. <laughs> yes. So Nathan um, bought me for my big Christmas present this year. He got me a latte machine. Mm-hmm. or espresso maker yes um, how's so it, it going does, oh wonderfully i hope hey. well here's the thing so i i have figured out how to make you know cappuccino espresso latte all the all the yep. jazz and extra foam you know i love it love yep. the extra foam yes so today as a, in preparation for the podcast i was making you know, a latte. And when I was done, which by the way, I still haven't figured out all the ratios because probably it's, it's 80% hard. of the time it flows over my cup. So I got to figure oh, it out. Oh, okay. But it's, it's a learning curve with a minute machine and every espresso machine is different too. So, and especially it, it, since yeah. I'm putting different things in it too. Right. Like I don't just put the espresso or just coffee or, just, you know, so yep. I have to figure it out. But anyway, so I went to clean up the machine. Like uh, what I've been doing is I've been taking out the froth or milk thing and putting it in the fridge so I can use it the next time and I don't waste a bunch of, you know. Yep. Because I feel like if you fill it up, 
it's better than if you just leave a little bit in there. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, I can understand okay. that. So anyway, I've been taking it out, putting it in the fridge, getting it back out when I want froth. Well, I went to take the froth thing off, and I noticed, like, the top of it was, um, like, kind of trying to lift up a little bit, and I couldn't get it out of the slot. Like, it was really hard to get out of the slot. Well, I had to pull really hard, and there was milk on the floor, in oh, the pantry, no. on my clothes. Oh, no. I had such a huge mess, and I was like okay like I was already 10 minutes late to call you you know so I had to like get on my hands and knees and clean up and then I discovered I'm like in that whole debacle I lost the little like plastic sealer thing that goes on like so it has this thing that you stick into the actual machine and it has a seal around it Okay. The seal popped off, and now I'm like, um, oh no! I don't even know if I can use this without the seal. Probably so I'm not. like super bummed. Like, do I need to buy a new seal? Do I need to just get on my hands and knees and look? Surely for it's it? gonna show up. It'll show up. I'm I sure. would hope, but You'll it's find gotta it. be somewhere on the kitchen floor. Which, <laughs> well, I mean, obviously you're gonna if have to get Moxie a good washing. But find it first. <laughs> If Moxie doesn't eat it and digest it, then maybe oh, no. there's hope. But <laughs> oh, who knows? Dear. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So oh, we'll see if the next time I go to make it, uh, I don't know if I should try to make it without the seal or if I should just. I don't, I don't think I would. Okay. Yeah. Bummer. I know. That's stinky. I've yeah. You're going to have to get like out a flashlight and look around on the floor, I think. Yes. Maybe have my family recruit them and yep. all hands on deck. And worst case Mama scenario, you can't coffee. find it. You can, I mean, it's a cappuccino machine or it's an espresso machine. They'll have replacement parts if yeah, you have that's to. True. You can order another one. It means yeah. you won't be able to use it for a few days. But Yeah, yeah. which I'm fine with <laughs> as long as I can get what I need. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. That's, you know. Yeah. Oh, so, goodness. Yeah. Fun times. So sad. So <laughs> sad, sad. <laughs> well, did but it ruin your latte? I do latte? have my coffee for today. So okay. See. Good. Okay. Yeah. See, the saddest like part is always. Cup, a... Laura. Oh boy, this is. I know. This is. I'm kind. Con- this is my second. I think. Okay. Well, that's totally. <laughs> you know, admirable. Well, third. But is the thing is, it, I've know? had almost no water. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oops. Yeah. I'll get to it. <laughs> you will. <laughs> Maybe this afternoon, but you will. You will. At some point. I have faith in you. I'm going to drink some water. <laughs> Laura Faith. Yes. Oh, goodness me. Ten years later. <laughs> you know people Only are 11 like, minutes. skip Only a few, 11. brother. Are you done with the coffee bit yet? Skip a few. Okay, yes, no. we are. Okay, yes. That's on. over. We can move on to flowers yes. for Algernon. Yes. So... Would you like to do a little synopsis? Uh, I would, but I'm not going to lie. It's been like three months <laughs> or two, sure. two months. Well, we don't need like details. I just the overall. So the overall, theme. in case you haven't read it, is so it's a story about, I believe it's set 
I, well, I, I'm pretty sure it was written in like maybe the 50s. Mm-hmm. And I don't totally remember when it's set exactly, but I would imagine kind of somewhere in yeah. that yeah. range. Um, just by the way that it's, you written. know, that it's written and whatnot, it yeah. sounds like it's probably set as like contemporary for that, you know, for when yeah. I was writing it. Um, so it's about a guy. What's that? Sorry, it's just because I don't even know if they specifically said in the book. Yeah, so. I, I, don't I don't think, think they did. I don't think yeah. so. It, I mean, really, it could be any time, except that it mm-hmm. seemed like it was probably, you know, yeah. written then. But anyway, um, so it's about a man named Charlie, and he is a, um, I would say mentally handicapped because he's mm-hmm. just, as far as, like, his IQ is very low. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if they say specifically what it is, but it's it's no. just a very low IQ. So, yeah. like, probably mm-hmm. in the, what, 60 mm-hmm. to 70 or something yeah. like that. Somewhere in that range, probably, if I had to guess. And he is, he goes to, like, a, almost like a school or something for kind of, like, mentally challenged people. Yeah. And so he's, they kind of just help with, just basic stuff and getting them, you know, the help that they need and whatnot with their lives and whatnot. Because I believe he he lives on his own, correct? At the beginning, yeah. he's he's mm-hmm. he's independent, but he just has a very low IQ. And so um, he is basically like sort of nominated by his teacher at this school or whatever to yeah. be part of an experiment. And these scientists want to see if they can. They think they have, like, kind of a cure for mentally handicapped people. And so he's, like, given this, I think it's, like, injections, if I remember right. But anyway, to make him, like, to raise his IQ. Mm -hmm. And so the book is written almost like um, like a series of journal entries that are his like report for the scientists mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as so he starts out from the beginning giving his sort of you know the the scientists want me to write you know about my life and mm-hmm. um report back on these injections that I'm getting and what it's doing for my IQ and this and that but of course he in the beginning it's very elementary language and um, written with very poor grammar and spelling and that kind of thing. And then as the book progresses, of course, his IQ gets higher and he begins to speak better and have better grammar and whatnot. And pretty soon he's to the point where he's like basically smarter than everybody, like smarter Mm -hmm. than the scientist. He's, you know, able to solve all these, you know, theoretical things in his head and whatnot. But, um, Throughout the course of it, he um, gets, like, I mean, he, I mean, a lot of stuff happens to him through the course of it. But um, basically, by the end, he, and I can't remember totally why, but, like, for some reason, um, they they stop giving him the injections or something. And basically, well, he I, sort of reverts. I think it, um, well, there they're doing the experiments on the mouse as they're going, correct? And like, yes, because like see that they the did that first to regress. Yeah, so then... they did that first, and then okay, because it's working on the mouse, we'll try a right. human subject. Yeah, but I think what happens uh, isn't it like as the mouse starts to um, regress, and then eventually 
passes away, they realize this isn't going to work for humans either. Yeah. Isn't that kind of... I think you're right. So, sorry, I again, like, it's been a little bit, and no, I'm not great on details with books yeah. for some reason. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, he, I mean, he basically um, just exactly like the mouse does, he sort of starts mm-hmm. reverting back and getting kind of, like, losing IQ points again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, and yeah. The, the way that it is written is kind of like a diary form, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, uh, which you mentioned, but um, it's interesting in the writing to see how it progresses, and then it's like I I kind of liked how the author did that, where it was like you could tell this person is you know mentally challenged, and as the months went on, like he started changing his um, his speech and how he wrote, and uh, and yeah. then it it went back downhill kind of. So I thought yeah. that was uh, kind of unique and a little bit, I thought that was creative how he did that. Yeah. Yeah. I did too. And um, I actually liked the diary form because I think that you got something out of that. You were able to see his, how his brain was working. Right. Instead of just a typical fiction writing form. Right. I think it made a lot of sense for what he was trying to accomplish, which is to get us right. inside his mind and how he's, um, how his ability to think and yeah. process mm-hmm. and use logic, you know, um, begins to improve and then, mm-hmm. and then slowly <laughs> yeah. get worse again. So, so the actual title "Flowers for Algernon" is a reference to the mouse, correct? Yeah, so I get I don't remember who named him, but I feel like Char- did Charlie name the mouse? I, I can't he, remember. I think he did. Okay, but he feels this sort of um. It, well, he goes through stages with Algernon. He feels sort of um. At one point, he feels almost jealous of the mouse, mm-hmm. and then at some point, he starts to feel kind of an affinity for the mouse. Like we're both being used as guinea pigs here, and yeah, um. You know, he starts to almost feel bad for the mouse. Like, um, you know, they're you're being experimented on as well. Yeah. Um, and that that also is true of how he views himself because in the beginning he's really excited. Yeah. Because he thinks they have the cure uh-huh. for you know being mentally handicapped. Right. And he's so excited that he might be able to think better and keep up with his peers and. Um, have mm-hmm. friends and yeah and so he's excited about it but as he starts to gain IQ points that sort of changes yeah. and he starts to yeah. realize that he's really being used you know yeah um, and he it's interesting that the intelligence doesn't bring um, it brings clarification but it doesn't bring uh, contentment or happiness to him he just no. realizes all the other um difficult sides of life that he understands more now right like and that whole concept was interesting to me just because yeah um it doesn't matter (laughs) like i think the author was trying to say it doesn't matter how smart or intelligent you are there are always going to be obstacles hurdles right things that you do or don't understand that are a, a bigger part of this this picture you know right yeah i i think that that was um 
interesting for me to think about because uh, I think when I was younger, I sort of maybe sometimes felt superior to other people Mm. if I felt like I was more intelligent than them. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would have said that Mm -hmm. or admitted to that, but I think it was probably true. Mm. And as I've gotten older, um, I just learned more and more that intelligence is just one facet of a person and it's not even close to the most important facet in my opinion. And, um, and, and especially, you know, Ben being married to Ben, um, Uh his upbringing was that intelligence was everything. Mm. And so, um, I think he sort of had a similar view, but coming from a different place from it, um, even with, you know, his dad being a very intelligent person, but not using it, um, for good. (laughs) Yeah. Like not using it for good. And so Mm. I think he has a similar journey to mine of kind of coming from a place of realizing, uh, you know, coming from a place of thinking that intelligence is super important, Mm -hmm. um, to almost the opposite of like intelligence just isn't that important, you know, like, um, Uh, it doesn't. Yeah. Anyway. So I have a question for you. When did you consciously think I'm smart? Can you remember like originally thinking that or like a time when you, it kind of clicked with you? Like, yeah, I, I, I'm, you know, intelligent um, to a to a degree. You know, I I think it was probably sometime after college. Um, really, in college, I think I thought that I was uh, not unintelligent, but just kind of whatever, um, not brilliant or anything for mm-hmm. sure, but mm-hmm. just maybe slightly above average, but not anything amazing. And then I think after college, kind of getting into the workforce and just generally being out amidst yeah. other people and, you know, yeah. um, and particular people. The Commonwealth. Who, <laughs> the Commonwealth. <laughs> no. No. Um, but just, I don't know. Like, I, I think all throughout my school years, I didn't, I, I definitely didn't think I was anything really special. I mm. thought that I was very um, kind of lucky. I think that I just sort of managed to be able to do things or whatever. I didn't necessarily attribute it to intelligence. But then Mm -hmm. I would say sometime after college is when I started. And I think I even maybe took like some stupid IQ test or something online. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't a real Mm -hmm. thing or whatever. But I remember being surprised by the number and being like, I wonder if that's true. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And um, because I'm, you know, it wasn't a real thing. I'm like, you know, I don't even think that's real, you know. And so just thinking like, huh, and I think I looked up to certain people in our family as being really intelligent. And when I thought that there was a possibility that I might be as intelligent as those people, I was Mm. like, oh, really? Mm. I don't know if that, I don't know if that could be right, you know? Mm. Um, And then from there on, I guess I just felt like, oh, well, maybe I am pretty intelligent, you know, like. So I'm surprised yeah, to hear it's... you say that because I remember as kids, you would read the dictionary and we would do a remember when we would do like those fake what we now would call podcasts, but like, uh, <laughs> yes, oh my God, interview each other. And yes. you were always the, the smart girl that like used big words. 
Like, you know. <laughs> but that you was just, just a bit. I mean, like. <laughs> it totally was. But I didn't know that. You That's portrayed hilarious. yourself as very intellectual. So Most of that, that I was just really... making a crap. I mean, like. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't know that. Like, I. I it was like was a character some... to me. You know, like, that I'm going to put on the smart girl acting, character. Though. You know, that was some pretty good acting. Um, because that is funny. I, I just assumed, I mean, but the reading dictionary thing, I remember. And I don't even remember doing that. That's so funny. I don't even remember I know doing we that. were kids. I know we were. That's so hilarious. that's just interesting to me that you would say after college, what a big yeah. gap where maybe you were just trying to figure out who you were. And I think I, I was, know. yeah, I think I was. Um, and I just, you know, I didn't have a good frame of reference of what equals intelligent. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, um, so yeah, I mean, and I think our parents were very intentional about, about not praising us like oh, yeah. mm-hmm. for in certain ways, I guess. Yeah. Is, I don't, I don't really know how to, how to say it. Cause it's not that, it's not that I ever worried that they weren't proud of me or didn't, right. you know, think that I was doing my best or whatever, Mm-hmm. They just were very careful about their praise. And I don't, I think it was more because they wanted us to be focused on who we are in Christ. Right. Rather than just, you know, this is what, but, but uh, it, and it's, it's such a tough line as a parent oh, yeah. because you want to be yep. a um, sort of, you, you, you want to sort of be able to, yes, encourage and also mm-hmm. just to be able to direct. Like sometimes it's hard to see where your talents yes. lie. Yeah. So really as a kid, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, so I think maybe if I'd had a little more of like, this is what you're good at. I, maybe it would have helped a little. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, like I sort well, of feel like. With your personality too. You are. Right. You um, need people to help you along sometimes. In, yes. like, you, you get overwhelmed yes. with the decisions or yes. overwhelmed with, you know, the, options. the choices and the options. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I feel like I've just talked about myself for a no, long time, but I, I asked that because I feel like from as far back as I can remember. Yeah. I wanted I, to hear your answer to that. I uh, see. Yeah, I just think this is so interesting because I have the complete opposite viewpoint. Like, I felt unintelligent, and I I really? don't know what shaped that or how that even began. I think probably in elementary school because I did struggle in some areas, and so I related that to education equals like if you don't understand x y and z you are therefore not intelligent yeah and which is so sad but i think elementary schools do a, a great disservice to like a lot of kids in that area because not every kid is the same and not every kid is going yeah. to learn the same way and i yep. understand like you know public education you can't you can't possibly cater to every single student. Right. Although we're and, trying at this point, which I mean has good and bad to it. Don't I exactly. mean there's 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 yeah. great things about it. And I think the thing that that's great that's come out of that sort of 
in, you know, the, the, the mindset of education um, has come a long way in understanding that that very thing, that not every kid is mm-hmm. the same. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you think about from when we were kids till now, how many diagnoses yeah. have been cre- completely created out of thin air. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, not, I mean, and I think they're real. I don't think it's made up. It's, right, you right. know, it's a real thing. Like, you know, I mean, I don't even remember hearing about ADD when I was a kid. No. And that's a pretty mm-hmm. old one now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. it's like, I feel like every month they're coming out with a new diagnosis yeah. for learning disability or learning differences is, pro- is probably yeah. what they would even call them now because it's true. Mm-hmm. You know, like everybody learns differently i mean there might be some similarities between this group and that group and that group but every person is an individual right now that i'm older i realize how i learn is different than a lot of people and that's why i struggled and um that's okay. Like God right. has made us all unique and different. Yep. And um, I think that. But also that that doesn't too... equal unintelligent. That, right. that having right. a, a bit of a different style of learning. Right. You know, but whatever that even means. 30 some odd years before I recognized that. That's like. Before you recognized long... it or before you made peace with it? Um, Before I recognized it, really. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, yeah, I would, I would say so. Like for a long, 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 long time, I felt unintelligent. Wow. Um, and I, I even knew that I learned different ways. Like I started to understand that in college, I would say, because yeah, I was education. taking teaching classes and <laughs> yeah. I was learning about how kids learn in different ways. And that was really right. the first time where I was like, oh, that's me. Like, right. Like you're that right picking there. Out. Yeah. That's how I learn, you know. Exactly. But it didn't click as in, oh, that doesn't mean that I don't, I, I don't have the ability to grasp the knowledge. Right. That just means that nobody has ever taken the extra time to be like, Becky, do it this way. See if that right. works. Okay. Yep. That doesn't work. Do it this way. You know, exactly. yep, exactly. Because our schools are so designed, like, like you get the information. If you don't understand it, we're gonna test you. If you don't do well on the test, you take a retest. And if you don't do like, yep. it's not. It's pretty linear and, and very. It is. You know, skewed toward one type of learning. And um, again, style. like I'm married to a teacher. I understand how that works and that you can't. Well, you are possibly... a teacher too. I mean, <laughs> right. You're a teacher. You're you married to a teacher. You can't always adjust for every single person yeah. all the time. Yeah. Totally understand that. However, which is I why think... I'm a huge fan of homeschooling if you can do it. Because, yeah. you know but your also, kids. Also, I think just the job of a parent any parent Mm -hmm. you know your kids the best yes you know their you know their their strengths and weaknesses you know right you know yeah and it is your job whether they're in public school or not to train them so yeah yeah you know yeah I I think whether they're homeschooled or not whether they're you know wherever they are even if they're in a Christian school or in a private school it's still right. your job to yep. um, 
help them in that yep. area. So, you know. And yeah. it's so, it's just so interesting to hear you talk about it too, though, Beck, because we were just far enough apart age-wise that I feel like I didn't have a good grasp on what you were going through, uh, mm-hmm. through a lot of our childhood mm-hmm. um, or how, just how you viewed the world or how you, you know, yeah. interacted with it or any of that. Um, yeah. So it's just really interesting to hear you say that you felt that way or that, you know, yeah. I, I, I didn't know about that sort of like story arc well, in your life. Well, I always kept that subject hidden away a little bit like talking to you about it now is like a huge step for me because I even (laughs) even a few years ago I felt like if I talk about it then people are going to see oh that's what she's saying well yeah I could totally understand that she isn't intelligent and um it's a huge like weird thing with me I under I know that now (laughs) you know what I mean like it's a it's a, it's a, I don't know what to call it. Like, um, I feel like talking about it helps me kind of conquer that demon a little bit because. Does it feel freeing a little bit? It feels scary, but also freeing. Yes. Because who cares what other people think about me? You know, I know who I am. Now, yeah, I didn't, I didn't as much before. And like, I, I fed into those lies of like who people thought I was and who I thought I was for so long. And like you were saying, like the whole intelligence thing, there's so many aspects to that. Like I even, okay. So I took a, a Harry Potter quiz years ago and I got into Ravenclaw and um, Ravenclaw, for those of you that don't know, is supposed to be like the intelligent, like brainy kind of. Really? Bookish, I didn't bookish. even know that. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, and I was like, that's weird, you know. And uh, I was wow. talking to Nathan about it um, because someone else we know got into Ravenclaw. And I was like, I bet he, like this person, I bet he would be surprised to know that I'm in Ravenclaw too. And Nathan was like, there are so many different facets to intelligence, Becky. Like you think that this person looks down on you because you're not book smart or because you think you're not book smart or because really I I'm crap at tests. Okay. That's like one of the things I'm just horrible at test taking. Yeah. You know who else is horrible at test taking? Who? Ben. Really? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, that's interesting. Huh. And I'm, I mean, Nathan is totally right. It's like, yeah, there's just so many things that feed into it. And yeah. it, and even if like, let's say that somehow, you know, I found out like my intelligence is way lower than I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it hurts because it's part of your identity and who you mm-hmm. see yourself as. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I mean, I have just learned over the years that I just value intelligence so much less than I used yeah. to because um, it, it just, it doesn't, I, I, it's been sort of reframed in my mind in terms of God's economy. Yes. And I so yes. value um, 
you know, the people in my life who are just pursuing holiness with everything in them. And they're not necessarily the people I know who are the most intelligent. Right. Um, A lot of times they're not, you know. And so I I just and, and going back to the book, like Charlie, you know, realizes that, you know, it doesn't bring him you know, his intelligence doesn't bring him, you know, fulfillment or happiness or contentment or any of those things. And I just find that that a lot of times can really be true. You know, um, Mm -hmm. the more we're focused on, you know, understanding the world around us and there's nothing wrong with trying to understand the world around us, as long as we have a healthy knowledge of the fact that like, you're not going to understand all the world around you because you're, you are not God. Like, like we have to, we have to bow the knee. Like we have to Mm -hmm. um, submit to the authority of God in our lives and that we are under him no matter what, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah, I don't, that was kind of rambling and all over the place. But anyway, I I just feel like for my life, it's been a journey of discovery as far as like what intelligence can't do. Yes. Yeah. Um, And really re-identify, like re- What's the word I'm looking for? Like kind of change Changing, what you, how you view. Yes. How you yeah. view yourself. Yeah. Is it me looking at myself saying, am I intelligent enough? Or is it me looking at, at myself through the lens of Jesus Christ saying, I am nothing. Yeah. And he has given me everything that I have. And yeah. I am Christ. I am his. Like yeah. he values me. He loves me. He died right. for me. And right. that's and, all and, that matters. Like, and it doesn't for me, matter if I can finish the test in time, you right. know? And for me, I, I think also learning to acknowledge the fact that any intelligence I may have been given was exactly mm-hmm. that. It was mm-hmm. given. Yes. It's yes. a gift. It has nothing mm-hmm. to do with who I am as a human being. Yes. I didn't do anything to you know, to, to gain any kind of intelligence. And I couldn't, even if I wanted to, like just remembering like where it all comes from, like this is a gift. And why would God give me this gift? Well, it certainly wouldn't be for me to sit around and be like, I'm so smart, you know, like, no, that's not why he gives gifts, (laughs) you know? Um, so we we say to our kids, like whenever something comes up, like someone does well on a test or whatever, uh, we'll say, who made you smart? And they'll say, God did. And we say, why did he make you smart? To glorify himself and to help others know him. And that's, that's kind of awesome. like a I back and it. forth response thing, almost like a catechism, you know, like who made you smart? God. Like, because we want them to know that that is yeah, I love that. they are. And we also want them to know that that is not anything that they did. God gave that to them. Just like you you guys are so good at the catechisms. I tell you what, like (laughs) (laughs) my my kids still like, it's also about living it out. And you know, yeah, that's my kids still say your little nighttime thing sometimes when we get done with wind down because so they think cute. it's fun. like they're just like, okay, this is when the Robisons would say, you know, uh, like, because yeah. they just that we've been around your family enough at bedtime that they've yeah. sort of seen that and gone like, okay, live true, yeah. you know, like, and, yeah. and I just, I, I, yeah, I just think it's yeah. hilarious because you guys well, are it's funny really good to at that. But anyway, hear other people 
say it too, you know, because we have like cousins that'll say it like after we pray or whatever. Yeah. But it's also the living out part that is so hard. Like we all strive for that. And we just hope and pray that the catechism part of it seeps into their hearts and minds and yep. you know because I love it like, though I, we I say absolutely speak love it. truth but then just yesterday we dealt with a kid not speaking truth so it's like you could say it say it say it and it's really the living out heart part that's the hardest it's just hard. well and it and even more so than the kid my life like if yes. I tell you this is the catechism yes. and then my life doesn't line up with that and everybody exactly has their sin issues and and things that they struggle with, but just trying to align your life with Christ, Mm -hmm. you know, so that they see a consistency, an overall consistency. That's so much harder, but yeah. 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 Um, But kind of going back to how I learn, that's one way that I learn, you know, to memorize things. And I um, love that. And then when I'm in the moment, I could say, speak truth, live pure, right, wrong, follow God. Yeah. Am I doing that right now through yeah. the discipline of my children or through the training, you know, yep. whatever it is that I'm dealing with. So that's kind of. Yeah. I how love I it. Learn. I love it. So, yeah. Anywho. Anywho. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, di- I have another question. And yeah. I, so I had read Flowers for Algernon. It, I don't think it was, like, in school at any point. I think it was sometime later, maybe in my okay. 30s or something. I can't remember. Um, and then I run it again, you know, a few months ago when we were going yeah. to be recording. Mm-hmm. And um, I did not remember a lot of the, um, <sighs> like, sexual nature yes. of the book. Yeah. I just didn't remember it even being there. I remember the overall yeah. arc of the intelligence thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it definitely hit me a little different this time. And I was like, wow, there's a lot of like stuff in here about um, his his like identity as a a sexual being. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, that I just didn't I, I just didn't remember it being there. I mean, yeah. I, you know, at the time I probably thought, OK, that's weird. Flip, 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 yeah. whatever. You know, yeah. I don't know. Um, but what did you make of all that? <laughs> Um, I don't know if I necessarily gave any acknowledgement other than the fact that I I think of like a a boy growing up and kind of the phases that he goes through and like, you know, as he's getting more intelligent, as Charlie in the book is getting more intelligent, he's going through the phases really quickly. That's kind of how I took it. Like, like. The puberty phase, you know, that's a hard stage for a boy and right. experiencing new things with his body and his mind that he yeah, wasn't used to before. And I do think that it is a part of understanding how your body uh, works and yeah. what it's doing and the unknown of that, too. I think I, now personally, I didn't enjoy those parts like I didn't. I no, like, I, I didn't really either. Uh, I'm going to kind of skip over this, you know. Yeah. And it's I very, really... it's very, I mean, I will say it, he does a good job of showing sort of the awkwardness of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, it's just, it's just awkward even to read. Yeah. Like, you're just kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, like. Uh-huh. Yeah. Awkward. Kind of cringe a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
And and yeah. so I was going to, I guess I was good, just going to ask, like, why do you think he included that? But I think you answered that um, mm-hmm. because it makes sense when, you know, in, intelligence wise, he almost had the level almost like an animal in the yeah. beginning. Like he did. Yeah. I mean, he, I think he knew there was like something there, but he didn't right. understand what it really even was almost. Right. And, and so I think you're right. A fast forward like yeah you know everything was kind of rushed yes um, like with his intelligence with his physical yes. with his love life with his emotional you know, capacity relationship you know yeah yeah so i think that yeah was i think you're right his physical yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Because for me, I was like, why is this in here? Like, this is weird, mm-hmm. you know? Like, mm-hmm. But I think I think you're right. That makes sense. I, yeah. So I understand why he put it in there personally. I, I mean, would it have been the same book without it? I think so. But yeah. it does give a different dimension, like a different layer, I guess. To and maybe that's part different... of it, too. Maybe he's trying to add another layer of, don't forget, when your intelligence gets higher there's extra Mm -hmm. maybe he's trying to layer on the extra you know facets of what it takes to make up a human being yeah um you know physical emotional sexual spiritual whatever you know yeah all these different Mm -hmm. parts of what make up us you know yeah Mm -hmm. so did he mention anything spiritual like i'm trying to remember i don't know if you know i don't know I feel like if I had to say anything was anywhere along those lines, it would almost be more the sense of, like, guilt. Like, Mm. feeling bad about things or feeling guilt about either thoughts or actions or any kind of thing like that. But, I mean, specifically spiritual? Not necessarily. Yeah. Which, if he's adding layers, that would have been an interesting layer It would have. You know? Yeah, it would have. Where where do his thoughts on God? Yeah. Or. And maybe you know, he did mention that. I just can't remember in the book. But I don't. I don't. I don't think remember he did. either. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I just couldn't remember if he did or not. So I was curious if you remembered. No, not so, specifically. Um, when I was doing a little research into why he wrote this book, there's not a lot. Uh, out there there were a couple different theories but one thing that he talked about apparently he wrote a memoir later on in life and Mm. he talked about how he saw uh this headline in the newspaper one day about um this was after the book you know um came out and everything but it was about this scientist in new york city who was doing experiments on mice to try and help people with like dementia or memory loss. Mm-hmm. And um, he actually contacted that scientist and was like, you know, what are you doing or whatever? Um, and tried to get him to stop doing like his research. Huh. Um, but I thought that was really interesting. Huh. Um that this doctor was like doing experiments on mice and pretty much like it just seems like he was, you know, in his book foretelling the future a little bit. Um, yeah. Just like, is that something that you think could eventually 
take place or do you think it's like really far out sci-fi kind of feel to it like nobody's ever gonna experiment with I could see people experimenting with memory loss but like with intelligence specifically yeah um I don't necessarily see it as sci-fi land um only because so much has taken place even during our lifetime that Mm -hmm. I would have thought was that that just can't ever happen. You could, no one yeah. would ever do that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. And then it's, and, and then it, you know, it happens yeah. and you're like, are you yeah. kidding me? So I don't, I don't, I really don't necessarily see it as sci-fi land, um, especially given how we tend to sort of minimize human life and the value of human life. Yeah. Um, and, you know, people who would advocate, like, even, you know, if, if your child has a deformity or anything mm. like that, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, then just terminate or whatever, you know, like, mm-hmm. e- even the way that we look at some of that stuff, um, yeah, we don't value lives that aren't like ours. Right. So if someone, you know, is unintelligent and there's a way to fix it, well, we should fix that for sure, because mm. clearly, you know... Mm-hmm they would want to be smarter or what, you know, yeah. like they want to be more like, reg- interesting like regular point. people, you know, yeah. quote unquote. Um, yeah. So like when people are not in what we see in that category of intelligence, what value do they bring to society? Yeah. And if we think they don't bring value to society, are we wanting to change them or are right. we wanting to get rid of them? Or are we wanting to silence them? Right. Because we don't see value in their lives. Like, I'm right. talking about wide, a wide array of things, you know, not right. just necessarily, yep. um, you know, babies or mentally handicapped. Right. Um, yeah, I, I just, I don't, I don't see that as being a boundary that, that most people would even know had been crossed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because it's so it touches so closely to so many things that we already as a society have decided are not, you know, Mm -hmm. um, not valuable Mm. to us. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. Hmm. But I don't know. I mean, I would like to hope that at least in a, in a society with, in a society with free speech Uh and the, ideals of the individual has value too, not just the society as a whole, mm-hmm. um, that hopefully there would be enough dissent to sort of make people real, like at least think twice about, <laughs> you yeah. know, um, yeah. whether that's, whether these things are good ideas or not. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah. Hmm. I, don't know. <laughs> well, I think this has brought more discussion than we thought it would. Yeah. <laughs> It it always does, Beck. I'm always amazed. I know. Like, I know. Like what comes up when we sit down yeah. to chat about these uh, books here. I know. This has been good. Yeah. I've I, it. I like. Well, for those of you that are joining us um, just for the first time or whether you have been here a while, Laura and I usually like to give a rating to our books at the end of our discussion. And we usually do a one through five scale. So number one, uh, we like to we like to do it in coffee form because we're 
coffee people. Coffee so, freaks. Yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, a one star would be a Folgers. A two star would be a Duncan. A three star is eight o'clock coffee. Four star is uh, Javalia. And five star is Pete's, which is our favorite. So on a scale of one to five from Folgers to Pete's. Would you like to rate this book, Flowers yes. for Algernon? So I am giving Flowers for Algernon a 8 o'clock. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely, it read a little bit different than I remembered. And yes. I think I liked it less this time around than yeah. the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, it still, it still has things to say. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I'm giving it an 8 o'clock. Yeah. How about you? Um, I think I would give this one a, it's, it's a just barely make it Javalia because I reserve eight o'clocks for ones that are decent, but I didn't really love it. Gotcha. And not that I loved this one, but I think that there's a lot to say. And I also think it's relevant for any time frame. Which yeah, I really and that's true. Appreciate. Yeah. Um, you could be talking about this book in the 1950s. You could be talking about this book in 2023. So yeah. I think that's a talent that not every author has. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so yeah. So I'm willing to acknowledge that and give it a Javalia. However, right. not my favorite book. Yeah. Um, but when you're speaking of classics, I would say. I, I I think that goes into my rating as well. Yeah. Um, when you're comparing it against another classic, yeah, Javalia. Um, just in general, I would be more hesitant to give it a Javalia, probably an 8 o'clock. So, you know, I'm yeah. hesitant with the Javalia, but I'm being generous. <laughs> yeah. Feeling generous. So. Good. Yeah, feeling well, generous. So that that wraps up our year of classics that kind of bled yes. into the next year. But um, it just to recap, I feel like the classics has been really interesting because at least from what I've heard from you, it seems like they're pretty polar. Like the ones that we've yes. read have been like you've really loved them or you've really kind of yes. not loved Very them. much so. And so I have to say, looking back on this year... Because I always like to look back at the books that I've read for the year. Yeah, me too. I feel like halfway through the year, I kind of, I didn't give up on classics. I still was reading them. But I just didn't find myself gravitating towards them as much. And I think yeah. it's because of that. Because I knew that when I picked up the book, I would either love it or hate it. And I didn't want to spend time on it if I was going to hate it. Interesting. So, you know, I still read them and I still will continue to read them, but I think I will be much more prone to just drop it if I don't love it in the first few chapters. And well, I'm that's not... a good year spent then. So you, you yeah. figured, you know, you figured out that, you know, yes. it's it's okay to drop a classic, even though it's, you know, supposedly an important read to some person on yes. some list or whatever mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that you have to finish it yeah yeah so yeah it's I'm, been an interesting year yeah for sure yeah and i i'm glad that we did this um i am good with moving on with a new yeah year. 
Yeah, new year, new uh, new books. Yeah. So, like Becky said, we're we're kind of transitioning into, um, kind of back into just sort of whatever strikes our fancy as something that we would like to discuss together, and yes. um, some of those will be um, with other like guest people. I'm not gonna lie, most of them are probably gonna be our family. <laughs> um, yep. <laughs> but um, different books that that either they choose for us or you know something along those lines but yeah, yeah um we thought it'd be fun to start kind of bringing in some more guests again and and uh yeah. open it up a little bit some yeah. wider discussion that's right so yeah so our and, um our next book pick for the yes. next time we meet which actually we're gonna try and do is it every two I think yeah we're gonna try weeks, to right? do every two weeks again as earn sort of you know like like kind of like twice a month and yeah, yeah get back into that routine a little bit this year yes. so so our next book pick for um uh our next podcast will be the tea girl of hummingbird lane and that is by lisa c i believe yeah so we're super excited to talk about that one that um, I actually have read it and um, I'm really looking forward to yeah. uh, talking to you about it. So yes, thank be fun. you so much, everybody, for uh, joining us again this year. We're excited to start a new year with you and excited to see what good books we can uh, discuss in the future. So thank you for joining us on Grounds for Discussion, where the coffee and the books are a perfect blend.